Welcome to Panther Pori, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Presented by Florida Hockey Now. Here are your hosts, Jacob Langsom, Alex Lopez, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Paris, a Florida Hockey Now podcast. I am your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Alex Lopez and TJ Peterson. And, uh, folks, we just watched maybe 60 of the funniest minutes, 60 of the funniest minutes of NHL hockey that we have ever seen. Every time... Something ridiculous happened. You thought, it can't get more ridiculous than this. And then it did. Every single time. It really did. And the Panthers were just absolutely dominated by a forward group that is so much better than theirs. How many goals did Ottawa score again tonight? Zero. Zero? Alex Lopez is being assessed a 10-minute misconduct for snark. Get out. Get out of here. (laughs) When have you ever seen refs just say everyone's getting a 10-minute misconduct? Literally never. There were 167 total penalty minutes in that game. 13 ejections. Anthony Stolarz was sitting in between Sasha Barkov and Aaron Ekblad on the bench. I mean, that was... Everybody wanted to see him take off his goalie pads. Funniest game. and, And get out there. Everybody. Yeah, there was definitely room to stretch out. It was a beer league game by the end of that thing. Oh, no doubt. I mean, and that's that's how it went pretty much at, towards the end of the game. Very sloppy. Nothing really to take out of it in terms of actual structure. I mean, what do you even do at that point when each team has 12 guys? Apparently, you fall over yourself and give the puck to Attila Saarinen directly in front <laughs> of uh, of the goal while Corpusalo is looking the opposite direction. So it seems to me like that's what you do in that situation. When the third period started, I was like, screw it. Panthers are minus three and a half. I'm like, okay, I'll take that. And it wasn't even good odds. Like, like the Panther fans had to win the third period to win, for me to win that bet. Because if it ends 0-0, I lose. And I'm just like, yeah, screw it. Like, this game is ridiculous. And then it got to 4 nothing, And I was going to try and take it again. But they took it off the board. And I was like, oh, it would have been so much fun if I had just been able to bet after every goal that they'd score again. Uh, God. By the way, Ekblad over on shots hits again. Uh, he has played four games and has hit three of them. You're welcome, entertainment purposes only. He's not scoring a goal this season, though. <laughs> yeah. His I, few players get chances better than the one he had in the first period, and he shot it into Corpusello's pads. It, I mean, that was, it was in the great, second period. It I was think. great lateral movement by Corpy. Was it? Whatever. I think so. Whenever it was, it happened. Uh, great lateral movement by Corpusalo, who, for the record, Corpusalo played good. a good game. I, like, I can't stress enough. Do not let the five goals against fool you. Corpusalo played pretty well. He made a ton of big saves. What's he going to do on the fifth goal, which is the one where Zub fell over himself? Like, you can't expect that as a goalie. The Panthers' expected goals for was 5.46. Corpusalo was positive in goal saved above expected, despite allowing five. Alex, you look really excited to say something right now. You know what the deserved to win meter was for this game? 90. Well, please tell me it was 100 to zero. 
95.7 to 4.3. Ottawa, your offense is so much better than ours. I am so sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry for all of the shit I have talked the last three years. You guys were right. The timeline of this game, though. I mean, when I say this game out ridiculous itself, I mean, first things first, game starts, and the first thing every Panthers fan notices is Sam Reinhardt's black eye. Yeah, that's from, right. From a fight that he wanted no business doing. And didn't he start it? I mean, I couldn't no, watch no, no, the no, Winnipeg no, no. game, but didn't he start that fight? He There was the typical push post-whistle pushing and shoving. And I think I can't remember who it was for. Jeez, I can't even remember who they played. The Jets. The Jets. Dylan wasn't it, it Brendan Dillon? Yeah, yeah, Brendan Dillon. You know the typical pushing and shoving, and then Dylan just drops the gloves and starts swinging. So Reinhardt has no uh, no choice but to drop the gloves. So yeah, I don't call that starting it. Okay, I mean perfect example. Look at that scrum that just finished the game. How many <laughs> gloves dropped? I mean, they were all gone by the end of it, but like no one <laughs> dropped their gloves and just started swinging. Like there is a code to fights in the NHL. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to talk about the horrific officiating in the Winnipeg game. Cough, cough, cross checked before the Ehlers goal. Cough. I did not watch a minute of the Winnipeg game. I was busy having fun. It was. It seems like that was the proper decision on my part. It was a horrible performance by the Panthers. Absolutely horrid. They did not deserve to win that game, but the officiating was also horrid. Okay, I couldn't watch much of that game either, but I'll take you. Alex's you word you for missed it. nothing. Great! I'm very glad I was at a concert instead. Well, yeah. Winnipeg seems to have their number this year. Hopefully, they don't meet in the finals. But who am I kidding? Winnipeg is not making the finals. Yeah, they've been they've been good this year, though. I will, I won't shit on them too much. Uh, yeah. So that this is a very interesting way to cap off what has been a, a pretty rough stretch for the Panthers, and you know. Two the Wednesday Friday game. Yeah, but I mean, it was the first time that they lost back to back games. Both were at home. So, and both were in regulation. So, not great, but they bounced back. And, you know, with this game now, you know, so close to our minds, we, we were, we'll forget about, we will forget about the crazy Edmonton game. Which we haven't recorded. A oh podcast yeah, since. I was at that game. Yes, and a game that featured Verhage losing his stick and then it getting tripped on, leading to a two-on-one. Yeah, that was wild. A game where Connor McDavid scored two goals and was answered by Nico Mikola scoring two goals. How good has Nico Mikola been? Is that a genuine question, or are you saying like he's been? Good, no, you know? I, I no, that was a genuine question. Like, I think he's been solid. Yeah, yeah, he's been very good. He's he's the new Gudis, you know. He's doing everything that Gudis did, I think. But big, but taller. Yeah, he can't can't uh, hate on that. Never a dull moment. It seems like this year they're really just <laughs> piling in the entertainment value. A thrill a minute. I mean, oh my god, this is, guys. I, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but. Um, <laughs> uh, what is probably the most infamous brawl in NHL history? Hmm. I mean, I think you're going to say the Red Wings avalanche brawl. Ding, 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 ding. Hmm. Guess, guess how many penalty minutes were doled out for that brawl? 
22. Yes, you've seen the you've seen the down goes Brown tweet. <laughs> I have. What's the uh, record for penalty minutes in a game? It's not this one because there's been there's been a few. It's very possible Randy Moeller played in it, and it was yeah. like one of those Quebec Montreal games in the nineties. Those were some ding dongs. There there was one game that was like that. It has a nickname. I'm I'm not sure, but uh, uh, some hockey historian I am. But so somebody can tell me, like, what what was the Montreal Quebec game that had so many like fights and brawls and such that it got a nickname? Malice in the French Pete speaking yeah. language palace. Malice in the palace. There we go. I'm sure that that's how it's pronounced. That's definitely not how you say palace in French. Are you are you sure? Because I'm like a, a an expert in the French language. The most penalty minutes. In a single game in NHL history, three hundred and five. Three hundred five. No. Oh, you were just saying that, Alex. No, that was really my guess. I didn't even try to. Oh, make okay, a fair, joke. fair enough. The answer is four hundred and nineteen. Wow. It was. Couldn't give one more. <clears throat> ah, nice. Um. It was a game between Philadelphia and Ottawa on March 5th, 2004. Please tell me it was at the Canadian Tire Center. It was at the Wachovia Center in Philadelphia. Ah, damn. It took officials 90 minutes to allocate all of the penalties. (laughs) And the, the great thing about this is that even though McEwen did something violent, he got the five minute major that he deserved for it. Like everything else that happened in this game wasn't unnecessarily violent and no, just like it was just all funny. And it was funny. The events that unfolded during Zach McEwen's five minute major. So okay, yeah. let's let's set the scene here. So Zach McEwen takes his five minute major. It's originally called a major for elbowing. It is converted to a major for a check to the head and a ten minute misconduct or game misconduct with an ejection. So that's that's ejection number one. During the five-minute major, Anton Lundell takes a tripping penalty, makes it four-on-four. Four. Then Sam Bennett closes his hand around the puck, makes it four-on-three. Panthers kill off the rest of Lundell's penalty. We're back to four-on-four. Four. Uh, order of events gets muddy in my mind here, but Matthew Kachuk and Jake Sanderson go at it. Kachuk takes the extra two uh, for taking off his helmet of all things, an entirely avoidable penalty just to add to the ridiculousness. Uh, so of, of this five-minute major that Zach McEwen took, the Panthers took maybe I, just over a minute, if that, uh, of actual power play time. Uh, very shortly after the five-minute major comes to an end, is when we get that whole line brawl situation with 106 penalty minutes doled out in one shot. Like, the events from the five-minute major onwards was just the funniest thing I've ever seen in a game of hockey. Yeah, honestly, that that was starting to feel less like a hockey game and more like professional rec- wrestling well before the line brawl that actually led to 
10 minute misconducts for everybody on the ice. Like I tweeted it. I fully expected Roman Reigns to walk out of the tunnel onto the ice and just start wailing at that point. And it only escalated from there. Alex. You know who didn't have a 10 minute misconduct tonight? Matthew Kachuk. <laughs> you know who had zero penalty minutes tonight? Barkov. Nasha Barkov. Uh, all right. We need okay. to move on. Speaking of Barkov, more storylines from tonight. So, first of all, we have the Panthers being nearly perfect on special teams, going three for three on power plays prior to the five minute major, which wasn't a completed penalty because of the penalties that they took. Uh, perfect on the penalty kill. Sam Reinhart with two goals with a black eye. Um, Bobrovsky with a shutout. The fact that like Bob's shutout is going to be a footnote of the story of this game is really unfortunate because he genuinely played great. Yeah, he did. More footnotes from this game. Sasha Barkov becoming the Panthers franchise leader in power play points as well as scoring his 400th assist. Like, there's so many things, individual events, milestones, accolades, and otherwise, that happened tonight. Sam Reinhart is tied for the league lead in goals. No one's talking about that because he got that in this game where there were 106 penalty minutes given out at once. <laughs> and, 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 and we kind of have to talk about that. Um, that was outside on the second goal. Bennett absolutely touched. I mean, when I was watching live, I had forgotten that, yeah, about the touch-up too. rule. I had forgotten about the touch-up rule. But even then, Bennett touched the puck before Kachuk was onside. The refs like, disagree with you. Whatever. I mean, I mean, look, I'll take it as a Panther fan. God knows how many times we've been screwed. But if I'm going to be the guy who bitches and complains every time the Panthers get screwed by yeah. a call, I have to stand up and be like, that was a bad call. Yeah. And to me, that was an awful call and obviously made a lot worse by the fact that the Panthers then scored again on the next power play, which Montour finally got his power play point, which made me more entertainment purposes only money. More hilarious storylines from this game. Yeah. yeah. The Panthers score. On a power play, Sam Reinhardt second. It's reviewed or challenged for offside. Even though it super looks offside, refs call the call on the ice stands. As a result, the sentence go back to the PK and Sam Bennett scores again. <laughs> yeah. Like, the ridiculous things that happen in this game just keep piling on. So many of them are going to be forgotten. <laughs> But when you're an offense as good as the Senators, better than the Panthers, a 3 nothing deficit is nothing. You should be able to make that up, no problem. Alex, I'm going to ask you a question right now in regards to this elite Senators offense. Um, their third line. The wingers on their third line are Dominic Kubalik and Vladimir Tarasenko. Off the top of your head, who is the center on that third line? Is it Matthew Joseph? No. No. If you don't know, you don't know. No, I don't. And that's Norris, the joke. Norris and Stutzla are their first, our top Correct. two centers. Correct. I have no idea. 
I don't remember his name. Also, Tarasenko looks washed. It's a dude who I had never heard of until looking at the lineup today. And I'm just sitting there thinking, like, yeah, the top six is decent, but, like, how deluded are Senators fans that they think this team is good? By the way, the guy's guy's name is Rourke Chartier. Rourke Chartier. He's wearing number 49. Does that tell you everything? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Anyway, the Bruins got beat, beat pretty yeah, bad sure by Columbus yeah. of all teams, and the Panthers are now within four points of the division lead. Yeah, losing that one in uh, on Wednesday hurt because they had won it in regulation. They'd be tied right now. But, I mean, it's still very early in the season. Toronto has been much better recently, and the – points percentage uh actually toronto was in the lead prior to their loss on saturday sunday i can't remember and the panthers winning tonight obviously uh now the panthers are back ahead by points percentage but that shows you that it's pretty close now and uh, a toronto win regulation tomorrow will go a long way to helping them overtake the panthers in the standings it's a very tight atlantic division now at the very top is the overall point but the senators are not involved haha uh, Tampa's also getting their asses kicked right now. Yeah, but that's by Colorado. So yeah, which is funny. Colorado's. Very it's good. funny because Tampa's going to lose, not because they shouldn't lose to the team they're playing. Yes, yes. I mean, they have such a nasty top six. It's unbelievable that the rest of the team can't like just hold them up. I, I mean, I guess they kind of are, but a lot of it is just those loser points. You know what's really I mean, funny is the gap between Florida and Boston for the divisional lead uh-huh. uh, is the same amount of points behind Montreal that Ottawa is for last in the division. <laughs> oh, God. I just love it so much. Oh, DJ again, Smith is gone. In the Ottawa's morning, only right? played 17 games, though. They're oh, I guess, NHL yeah, they, they, were, they were also in Sweden, so... They won they, both the games. They have Sweden four in. games in hand on Montreal. <laughs> All right, whatever. They're under a point per game, so they're still behind them in the standings. Yes. Yeah. Even but, if you, know, you use points percentage. Go ahead, yeah, Ottawa, Ottawa is behind Montreal in points percentage. Also regressing to the mean, Vancouver Canucks, they're uh, starting to drop games. Their, their PDO was so high early in the season. They've lost three of their last four, and their PDO is, has like dropped tremendously, and they're still – by far the highest team in the league in PDO. But you got, so, they're not fraudulent, so, guys. So after they're their regulation loss, on a playoff spot. After their regulation loss to the Sharks, they have to fire um what's his face, right? Uh talk it. The, the sure. guy that wouldn't challenge Shaquille O'Neal. Honestly, I don't remember that story. Oh well. Um, but go back and listen to the Lee McHugh episode, everybody. There you go. That's a plug. Better days. That was before the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> Uh, I would call that better days than right now. Tonight was hilarious. Look, further, Jake, it was the Stanley Cup final. Go ahead, Alex. I get it. Uh, further on to go around the NHL, um, Chicago Blackhawks brought Corey oh Perry in to be a father figure to <laughs> Connor Bedard. Oh, my God. <laughs> took it a little too literally, guys. Allegedly. Excellent. Very allegedly. well done, Alex. Allegedly. There's no I way that's true. I wouldn't true. even say allegedly, by the There's way. There's no I way that's true. rumored at best. Yeah. 
Um, if you're not sure what I'm talking about, uh, remember Zelante West and LeBron James's mom? Yeah. It might have happened again, guys. Or what about uh, Zach uh, Zach Wilson? Yeah, Zach. Well, that was not a teammate's mom. That was a friend. Like that was one of his mom's best friends. Ah, fair. what a king! What a what a G! And also <laughs> maybe uh, Donna Kelsey. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's been um, interesting. It's just just to watch it all play out because like no one's saying anything, and out of nowhere, this rumor pops up today that the reason. Corey Perry is away from the team. Is that you know took it to uh, Connor Bedard's mom? So, I mean, I don't blame allegedly, her. allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, and I don't know if Corey Perry is married. So let's let's uh, be a little. I sure hope that something doesn't come out like you know that he's in rehab for alcoholism now, because then it would make all this joking about the. And Corey know, Perry is married. The sideways tango with. Connor Bedard's mom thing awkward. The nickname Scorey Perry has new meaning though. It it doesn't seem to me like it's gonna be a substance issue because like it, it's family. It's know. like a family matter. I think was he'd already be in the player to. assistance program if that was the case. Yeah, probably. Which, by the way, there was another player, um, Sa- Samuel Gerard. Yes. Yeah, Sam Gerard also went to the player assistance program. Um, it, it was like mental health, but it was also related to alcoholism. It was the first yeah. time since Spencer Knight's uh, check-in that I had seen somebody else mention mental health and like, yeah. or it like it mentioned that a player was going to the player assistance program for mental health. So best of luck to Samuel Gerard for that. And it goes to show, I guess that, this is now an issue that players are taking seriously, and that's great to see. You know, it is unfortunate that he's forced to have to go into the program in order to, you know, get the help that he needs. But hopefully, this leads to more people taking their mental health seriously. You know, I I know that's kind of a glib thing to say, but everybody knows it's true. Like when you're even just a normal person. You don't want to show that kind of weakness and professional athletes, especially. And it's, it's a very real stigma that we have to find a way to tackle as a you know collective humanity. Anyway, back to Corey Perry bonking Connor Bedard's mom. <laughs> I just wanted that to be the worst segue of all time. You did a great job in that, that case. I think I accomplished that. I, I think that story is not true at all. Uh, it is Probably a funny not. joke. Uh, I think it's funny, but I, I don't think it's true. Um, it almost certainly is not true. Yeah, I agree. But it would be funny if it was. It would be. It would be. So Mike Riley was uh, waived. Oh, yeah. I guess we have to talk about that, huh? And he was picked up by the Islanders. And there's been a, a lot of talk, a lot of rumors we're again going to be able to use the word allegedly here and we're going to kick it to our correspondent that knows way more about this than i do which is alex lopez uh so give us the latest on what the mike riley wave might mean in terms of signing a potential former mvp and con Smythe winner and number one overall pick and american player that might be the best american player of all time Jack Hughes uh, hasn't won a Conn Smythe yet. 
How dare you say that about John Dan Beesbrook? He was not uh, number one overall. True. Um. So, what Raven Mike Riley did was open up more cap space. The Panthers now have like one point two million in cap space. Uh, it's still not uh, not what the competitors for Patrick Kane services have in the tank. Uh, those competitors are Buffalo and Detroit right now. Both of them have exponentially more cap space than the Panthers. As of this morning on uh, Friedman and 32 Thoughts, excuse me, the um, Red Wings are now the quote-unquote favorite to land Patrick Kane. And the reasons cited were that he thinks they have a good chance to win and they've got more cap space to offer a multi-year deal. Anything with the Panthers, like I've said repeatedly, would be have to be a one-year, $1 million deal. And then if they want to bring him back, they could offer him a, an incentive late in over 35 contract in 2024. So maybe he's, it seems like, you know, things are trending away from the Panthers and that Patrick Kane wants to, you know, lock in his money now, which I don't really blame him if that's the case. You're 35 years old. This is, you know, probably your last chance to secure a big deal if you are unable to play at a high level after hip resurfacing surgery. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, the mystery box, mystery box. Well, that mystery box could be a couple of mediocre comedy tickets and no one wants them anymore. <laughs> so if you can get, you know, three years by five million from Detroit today and lock in another $15 million, can you really blame him for doing that? Yeah, blame is not what I would be doing. I mean, it's hard to put yourself in those shoes. I mean, like how many people can say that they are truly exceptional? Like Patrick Kane is truly exceptional at hockey. Like very, very, very few people. And he's already accumulated all of the accolades, all the championships, all of the money. So like, what's his motivation? I have no idea. Like players at the end of their career want to add one more Stanley cup. We know that, but very few players can reach this stage of their career with three rings on their fingers. Yeah. So and, like, I don't know. And look, Patrick Kane has made a lot of money in his NHL career, but when you compare it to the players of his caliber in other sports, he's made peanuts. Yeah. So if he can get another fit, like, again, I'm just throwing a number out there. This is not a number that's been rumored. I'm just guessing here. But, you know, if he can pull that off before he's done, like, I would do it too if I was him. Yeah, I mean, remember what happened with Ryan Suter. We all expected the Panthers to be in on him and possibly get him on a two, uh, $2 million deal for one season. He ended up signing a four-year deal. And we all thought that he was going to sign a one-year deal. Not even just like he would only take one year in order to sign with the Panthers. We thought it was going to be one year no matter where he went. Four years. And think about all of the other intangibles that Patrick Kane brings. Now, I guess that, like, there's probably a leadership thing to Suter that Kane, like, you know, he's always had these character concerns, let's put it that way. And maybe that's not something that Ryan Suter had that made him attractive to a team like Dallas to give him that kind of contract that, like, always had the potential of aging really poorly, which I think it has. Um, 
He was so bad in the Western Conference Finals. It was ridiculous. He was so bad. Didn't he get scratched eventually? I don't think so, because I think that they just were very stubborn about it, even though he was playing so poorly. Yeah. Um, uh, and there's the potential for that to happen to Kane, too. Like We haven't even mentioned, unless I was spacing out when one of you mentioned it, the hip injury and the resurfacing that he had over the season, the offseason. We just saw Nicholas Backstrom have pretty much the same procedure, try to play through it for nine games and just say he can't do it anymore. And people and yeah, are talking about multiple years for Patrick Kane, who just had the same thing done. Right. And I had mentioned it, TJ. I didn't, I didn't mention Baxter again, but I had mentioned, I, I used the mystery box comparison right now. He's a mystery box. He could be a boat or he could be uh, two, two comedy tickets. Yeah. It's like a mystery box when you can see that the last five people that bought it got two comedy tickets, a stuffed animal, and a DVD copy of Top Gun Maverick. I mean, Top Gun Maverick's a great movie. So. Yeah, yeah I'm not D- really a sure. A DVD man. is not really worth much, though. That's, you could that's say, a fair like, point. It's, sort, it's sort of like you could say, you know, oh, we got Patrick Kane. 35-year-old post-hiff resurfacing Patrick Kane, though? I feel yeah. like a more appropriate thing, rather than a DVD of Top Gun Maverick, would be, like, the usual suspects on VHS. Like, yeah, it's one of the greatest movies of all time. But how the hell am I supposed to use it? Yeah, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> Some people um, still have DVD players. I mean, if you have an Xbox or a PlayStation, you have a DVD player. Right. Is there even a logical cap clearing move for the Panthers to make to, if no. we like decided that we were in favor of them giving him two years, four million, let's say? No, because the, the Panthers outside of Bobrovsky, have no bad cap right now. Uh, I mean, I guess it would be What E-Rod. a great sentence. Yeah, and you just you just signed him for four years at $3 million. And I would you, rather have him, yeah, so. I, I, I wouldn't say I would rather have him than Patrick freaking Kane. I, w- I would. But you look bad to the NHLPA when a guy you just gave four years to, you trade him two months later. Uh, I mean, the only place you could really clear money that's not on the active roster is Spencer Knight, and you would be selling very, very low. Yeah, that's a ridiculous decision. Yeah. Right, but there, but there's no other money you can really clear out. Like, you know, you could trade Lorenz and Nick Cousins and clear $2 million, but, like, that really doesn't move the needle much because you're going to have to replace one of them in the lineup anyway. Yeah, one of the – players that will replace them is patrick kane in this you know theoretical situation right but so i I think that they have a little bit more money to offer considering they could waive another player and then patrick kane would be taking that roster spot but it just seems like other teams have more money and like he's not in the joe thornton situation when joe thornton signed with the panthers he's got three rings he doesn't have to chase a ring you know to complete his career resume he's going into the hall of fame first ballot the second he's eligible so there's really not a lot to for him to be you know chasing at this point in his career so if he wants to chase the money then can we really say that it's the wrong decision because anything else he would be potentially chasing he already has plenty of as well individual accolades team accolades money 
respect. I mean, he's got it. Like Patrick Kane is one of the best players of all time that is still in the league. You know, it's, it's Crosby. And I don't even know how many other names you say before you get to Kane. Yeah. Probably Ovechkin. McDavid. (laughs) I, yeah, he'll eventually get there for sure. Hey, he woke up. Not yeah, to start another did. tangent because we got to we got to we got to wrap, guys. It's yeah, he, he was today. he was injured and he's not injured anymore. So uh, the rest of the league is on notice. Anything, Paris, real quick. Everyone have a good Thanksgiving. Everyone thought it was the best one ever. So where they where they actually rating us five stars? World star. There you go. World I like star. it. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Panthers versus Leafs tonight, guys. That should be uh, interesting. Important game. Important game. They all are. Good night, everybody. Go Panthers. Thank you.